Welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast where we dig into the paranormal and try to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. I'm Eli. And we're going to get on to part two of Bigfoot. Let's get it on. Do you want to do another beer or what do you want to do? I'm down for another beer. You guys want another beer? Let's do another beer. Six. All right. Let's do our California beer. I'm really impressed you guys are able to find a Lagunitas little something. Little we something, actually have something. a large collection of Lagunitas at our liquor store. <laughs> and it's very a large alarming. Collection of leather-bound books. <laughs> <laughs> and then a bunch of Sierra Nevadas, and so I made sure to go with something other than Sierra Nevada. Well, I'll talk really briefly here on Lagunitas. Actually, I want it probably be about a two-hour show just on the Lagunitas. But uh, in any case, Lagunitas Brewery, North Bay, Bay Area, San Francisco area, Petaluma, California. Um, I think prior to Lagunitas, you had like you had your Budweisers, your Lagers, and then you had Sierra hit the scene, which their beers at the time tasted like basically like pine needles. Did you guys get Sierra like 15 years ago out there or no? Yeah, we could still get that. That was actually one of the things you could still get in gas stations at a 3.2 though. Oh, they but, made it like special for Oklahoma. Yeah. Also, it still so, tastes like, like pine needles. It's amazing. Yeah. So at the time, though, there, like nobody had ever had a beer that had any hops in it. So like Sierra seriously tasted like licking pine needles. <laughs> and then Lagunitas came around and built the IPA. Like you'd literally go to a bar and you, the tab would say IPA on it. It would say P. It would say IPA <laughs> on IP. it. And it wouldn't even say Lagunitas. You'd be like, let me get an IPA. And that was like it. There was nothing else. They like established the entire market of IPA. Hmm. So they basically created the IPA. They didn't develop the West Coast IPA because that was that was more SoCal, Southern California. But they developed basically the IPA on the West Coast. So this is the original IPA brewer. The brewery itself, it's kind of like a freaking circle circus. There's like bands playing. There's like tents. It's nuts. It's like huge. It's probably the biggest craft brewery on the West Coast. But this little something, it's more like heavy malt forward. It's really sweet tasting IPA, strong, bold, heavy. Like you wouldn't really drink this with a meal it's like super heavy you couldn't drink it while working out in the yard it's just like literally like a sipping beer yeah. so with that said what do you guys think of this i like this one a lot i like this one a lot better than the other one i like it i'm gonna sit here and drink this <laughs> <laughs> the first, i'm off the show i'm just gonna drink this. the first time i i started drinking one of these with our dinner and that was a mistake <clears throat> yeah full quick right it was well full, full quick and then i drink a lot when i eat whether it's water or beer and i was drinking it way fast and taking big gulps of it and i will say that flavor is very strong so you take a big gulp of it and the taste hits you for a good like 30 seconds after you've taken the gulp so like you said it's more of a sipping beer for sure so don't gulp sip it i'm actually it says life is uncertain don't sip it's what it says on the bottle. Uh. That's false advertisement. <laughs> I mistakenly uh, went ahead and, and it followed the instructions on the bottle, and now that I've had four of them, I can tell you <laughs> going to be a long <laughs> I will say for me, because one of my favorite beers is the Native Amber by Coop Brewery here in Oklahoma, and it's got a very similar taste to it. Just like that, I'm guessing it's the hops they use. But so I do like that part because it's like one of my favorite beers. But it's got a lot stronger flavor and it's a lot thicker. But it's still a very good beer. 
Yeah, it's definitely very thick. That's like a good description. It's just it doesn't feel like a normal liquid. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, compared to the um, the prairie, I feel like this one's not nearly as thick. But then again, that other the the prairie bomb was very very dark. Yeah, it's very heavy and very. Uh, the prairie is a bit of an exception. I can pretty much say I was chewing coffee while drinking that one. <laughs> the, the prairie is almost double the alcohol by volume than this yeah. Lagunitas, which which is why I if like I was drinking this this little something on a night, I would like be like, okay, I gotta prep myself. This is pretty high in alcohol. The prairie is double that. <laughs> well, I think the prairie is a finisher by all means. Yeah. That's a closer. You go to bed after that. But, you know, that's what the normal people do. But we do a podcast after drinking it. Exactly. And we drink it during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we do. All right, here comes a transition. Speaking of podcasts, I would love to hear about some Oklahoma Bigfoot sightings. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, the- <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So, okay. The uh, first one I'm going to pull up more of what happens in Oklahoma. We have a Bigfoot festival down in Hanobia. Yeah, Hanobia, Oklahoma. Um, it's down southeast by the Kayamichi Mountains, which are on the border with Arkansas. There is a there are lots of Bigfoot sightings in this area. Um, there's actually not much of the town besides a church, and the church is actually who hosts this Bigfoot festival, and they send out. Bigfoot searching parties um, during this two-day festival down there. And there have been reported sightings, and a lot of the sightings is more of the, they smell, what smells like a skunk, and then down trees um, that seem to be broken higher up in the tree um, as if a tall creature walked by and pushed it over. There are a few, like, sightings, but there have been no actual film or pictures taken of them. Because I mean, I, who goes to a Bigfoot hunt and doesn't take a camera or a phone or something with them? Well, the only film that I found of any Bigfoot, well, shaky cam, you can't see it footage that I found <laughs> <laughs> of a Bigfoot was a um, couple of kids. It was actually on Finding Bigfoot. On um, Animal Planet. On Animal Planet. They came to Oklahoma. They've come to Oklahoma twice. But they were in southeastern Oklahoma down around Bo- Broken Bow. And there were two boys doing a how to make s'mores video. And in the background, you see this black figure run across the back of the, the behind some trees and stuff. That's really the only footage that I found. I, I really think it maybe have been, may have been somebody actually running in the woods. It doesn't look I very will say convincing, though, but this video might be where they got his dating profile on how fast he runs. It could have been. He moves pretty fast <laughs> through that. <laughs> but. Down in southeastern Oklahoma, there are tons of reported Bigfoot sightings. And you were talking about how Bigfoot like to, you know, build rock towers and things like that. There was a story that I was listening to about a woman who she, I think she was actually, she may have been around Oklahoma City. So she may have been more towards central Oklahoma. But she was talking about how she was out walking around her neighborhood, which her neighborhood backed up to a golf course. We all know how Bigfoot likes to get in his 18 <laughs> holes every day. Well, he's retired. Oklahoma has he's a, a poor l- handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma has a lot of creeks and rivers. And in all these golf courses, most of the time there's a creek or a river that runs through most of them. And so it would make sense that Bigfoot would travel along those. But anyway, she was out walking around in the 
golf course area, and she found these rocks piled up. She knocked them over, didn't think about it. Went back to her house, came back later on. They were still there. But then when they were there, she kept hearing these grunts and sounds coming from behind her, and she turned around and she looked, and she she says that she saw a Bigfoot, a juvenile Bigfoot, sitting there watching her. And she sat there and watched this juvenile Bigfoot for a little bit, then heard another Bigfoot off in the distance, and this one scurried off. And she was like, okay. She went back, got her film, and took pictures of the rock formations that she found. But, of course, we have no video of the Bigfoot because apparently her phone didn't work. I don't know. She didn't have her phone with her or something on the walk. I don't remember what it was. She had some reasoning. But she took pictures of the the stone, stone formations and where she saw the Bigfoot but there was no evidence of the Bigfoot other than the stones. Now, where we're at in Norman, we have Lake Thunderbird. Lake Thunderbird is a man-made lake, but it's fed into by Little River. Little River also is down in that southeastern corner of Oklahoma. And, again, Bigfoot apparently has a migration pattern, and he or she or it follow waterways. There have been many sightings around Lake Thunderbird of Bigfoot. And we, in fact, have a family member who claimed to have seen Bigfoot just about three miles east of us right now. And she said that she saw it walk across the road and step over a um, barbed wire fence. And a barbed wire fence is what? Four foot tall? Three and a half, four. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Pile of Bigfoot scat. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing nobody ever finds. Nobody's found Bigfoot scat, and you would think Bigfoot would he take a dump. Poop. Everybody well, poops. His, I mean, it's no surprise. He, He's probably pretty up. He puts his ass in the river and just lets it go. <laughs> That's what I would do if I was Bigfoot. He meditates it, and an, it goes away. It's an even clean. <laughs> Bigfoot don't take no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Bigfoot shit covered it. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one's more of Arkansas than it is Oklahoma, but it's right along the Oklahoma-Arkansas border. Right um, down there around southeastern Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, in a place called Falk, I guess is how you would pronounce it. Uh, F-O-U-K-E. Watch your language. There's a lady <laughs> uh, It's called Falcon. the Arkansas Falk Monster. Um, it's seen around Falk in Miller County, Arkansas in the early 1970s. Um, where a local family um, reported being attacked by a Bigfoot. Um, They had just recently moved into this house in a little wooded area, and for the first week they had seen a large, hairy creature around their property, like around the property line, around the trees, but didn't think much of it. They figured it was just a bear or something. And then supposedly one night it actually reached its arm through a window, an open window, and was trying to grab, see if I can find her name real quick. Kim Kardashian? Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Ford on May 2nd. He tried to grab her through the window in which uh, her husband, Bobby, and her brother brother, uh, went out with a gun chasing Bigfoot away. Supposedly shot him a couple times, but never found any blood droppings or anything. Um, So he doesn't bleed or shit. I think they just straight up missed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This was reported to the sheriff and then later in... um, was put into an article in the newspaper. Um, and then a little bit later that month, he was spotted by three people walking across Highway 71 throughout Miller County. 
walking across the road in front of these hikers. And so they've just doned him the Falk monster, and that he's around that area. Um, and he's been spotted, say, a dozen times or so since 1970. Well, and there's also a movie that has been made about the Falk monster, and that it's is... The Legend of Boggy Creek. Yes. Because he was also known as the Boggy Creek monster. Exactly. And we happen to have a Boggy Creek that runs through southeastern Oklahoma. Uh, let's roll the clip. Let's roll the tape. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Look at that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my we Chad and I have an older brother who is much older. I mean, he's <laughs> in his 50s. Twice our age. Yeah. Uh, and he said that he saw this movie when it first came out and it terrified him. And really? Yeah. So I haven't Doesn't actually seen it. No, he doesn't. He's pretty much a tough guy, but yeah. he said it terrified but him when it came out. <laughs> a rural area, right? So like, are you guys out in the woods where you might, it might be more likely to run into, you I mean, said he, three miles from your house. Yeah. It's pretty fucking close. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's grown up more in the countryside of Oklahoma's Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's. Of Oklahoma. <laughs> we have multiples. Uh, <laughs> so for him, I mean, I was probably more used to it. We are more city folk. We're many more city folk. Yeah, yeah. We we live where we live in Norm. We live in Norman, Oklahoma, which is a college town. Where we live in Norman, we are like the last subdivision before you hit rural Norman. So we're right. just kind of like on that borderline between say, country yeah, you go and city. Two or three miles, and then it's wooded lands and the lake. So. Yeah. A lot of what we have here is pasture. So you would think that there wouldn't be a whole lot of Bigfoot sightings. But when you get off, off the pasture side, there's lots of wooded creek areas. I might surprise you later with the, uh, uh, some accounts of uh, Bigfoots wandering into those pastures to steal farm animals. I definitely have heard that. And I've also, um, there was, on finding, again, finding Bigfoot, they were in uh, Oklahoma City. And the Oklahoma River cuts through downtown Oklahoma City. And along the Oklahoma River, there are many sightings of Bigfoot just outside of downtown Oklahoma City. And they went and did investigations at night in That's those just areas. just a hobo fishing. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought it was... Yeah. <laughs> Eli, did you have a sighting here in Oklahoma? Yeah. Uh, Brenda encountered a uh, Bigfoot. And uh, rural, Del- rural, 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 thank you. I can't say that word right now. Delaware County, Oklahoma. Uh, beer's ha- working. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's been working. Uh, on Monday afternoon on of uh, December twenty sixth, two thousand sixteen, uh, she says uh, she stepped out the back door, put some scraps out for her two dogs, and noticed that they did not run up to her. They normally did. Instead, she looked out and uh, her where her. Back porch was in the back of her fence. It's about 30 feet. She noticed that her dogs were just sitting right next to the fence. And when she kind of looked up a little bit, there was a, what she saw, or what she said, an ape-like animal. And the dogs were not barking. Uh, in fact, they were kind of wagging the tail. So there wasn't any kind of aggression backwards or forwards. What she says is that the animal, like it was close enough and lit enough to where she could actually see the animal's face. And it looked intelligent. Like, it, it didn't look like there was uh, any kind of, um, like I said, aggression. It looked fascinated. Uh, where she says it stood, it looked about six and a half to seven feet tall. So she also says that he was just staring at, uh, at me with his head cocked a little bit. 
like he found me to be something unusual, as I thought him as being as well. The relaxed way he was standing kept me from feeling any fear at all, which is kind of weird because in any situation, uh, as far as like Bigfoot sightings go, especially if it was me, uh, I wouldn't just say that I would be like all ballsy, all tough, and be like, I want to go touch it. Um, I would be scared for, for the most part. Uh, whether it was like showing aggression to me at all, you wouldn't go all Steve Irwin on it. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm gonna touch it. <laughs> There's a Bigfoot over there. He's angry. He's, He's angry. <laughs> Somebody get that man Jack's links jerky. <laughs> it sounds like this one was putting out the vibe, though. He was he was vibing his. He was like leaning at a cocked angle, and yeah. he, yeah, he, he was, was looking for that swing. Get it on. Well, so that story was actually run through uh, local news channels and through like the Tulsa, the Tulsa World. I think so. I think there's a new, newspaper up in Tulsa. Um, so this was actually a recent and well documented story. There was no, of course, no video or um, pictures taken, but it was covered by local news stations and newspapers. I have one more Oklahoma story, and this one is a personal story that I have, and I'm not 100% sure that it's Bigfoot, but it was definitely something that fits a lot of the Bigfoot descriptions. Um, it was Chad. It, it meant, well, this was, this before, was before I was this born. This was before Chad was born. Uh, it I, was my past life version. <laughs> that's why you have all the shoulder pains. You were six-foot-tall hairy man. Um, I Eight-foot-tall <laughs> hairy man, sorry. <laughs> when I was about five or uh, I was probably about four or five, we had gone, my, fam- my family and I had gone camping, and we were at Arbuckle Lake, which is in south central Oklahoma. <coughs> and we were on, on, the, on the lake, we were fishing right by, we had a camper, and we were sitting there by the camper. We were out fishing on the lake, and it was dark. I remember seeing a light across the lake from us, which was just a little cove. It was a sh- so it was maybe. Maybe 50 feet. Yeah, 20, maybe, 30 feet. Yeah, maybe, not, not even that far. And then all of a sudden there was a loud splash in the water. And you heard something rustle in the, the trees and stuff across from us. My dad yells for my mom and I to go get in the camper. So my mom and I go get in the camper. My dad stays outside. And at this point, I just remember being scared that my dad was outside. Now, this memory kind of came to me a little bit while I was doing this Bigfoot research. And I had to text my mom and I said, Mom, tell me if this is actual a real memory or if this is just something that my imagination is coming up with. And she said, no, this really happened. And I said, okay. I said, did we ever find out what, what it was? And she said, no, we never actually saw the animal. We just know it was really large and it was, run- it was an animal running through the woods across from us. And I said, okay. I said, for some reason, I'm thinking it was a bear. She said, it could have been a bear. She said, it seemed to be bigger than a bear. And we don't have a whole lot of, we don't, we have black bears. So black bears are the biggest. They're not that big. We don't have a whole lot of them. And she said that she thought maybe it was a boar, which we do have a plethora of, but at the same Seems time, like a stretch to go from a bigfoot to a boar, though. Exactly, right? she said. It, she all she knows is it was a really large animal that was running around our camp. And so then, when I was doing this bigfoot research, I kept finding these stories, especially Native American stories, that were talking about how bigfoot always carried a lantern and how bigfoot sightings tend to correlate with light anomalies. And people will see light anomalies that follow or come before the bigfoot sighting. 
and that correlated. And then the splash in the water, Bigfoot often throws rocks and sticks. And I don't know if it was a Bigfoot. I just remember this. And I mean, we're talking a 30-year-old memory of a four-year-old. So (laughs) take it with what you will. But I just thought it was actually a significant enough correlation to Bigfoot that it very well could have been a Bigfoot sighting down in that area. And the Arbuckle area, it's a state park. It's heavily wooded. It's a mountainous zone. It's the Arbuckle Mountains, which are the oldest mountains in the U.S. Um, Now, compared to the mountains of California, they're small hills. But we in Oklahoma like to take pride in our small hill mountains. (laughs) And so lots of of trees, uh, creeks galore. With its um, sulfur springs, you smell sulfur coming from the water. Um, so it's a very possible fact that Bigfoot could be there. Who knows? But it is definitely a memory that I, I have. Who? I mean, it's. Are you sure though that it wasn't just a hobo with a lantern? That that is <laughs> also a possibility. And he saw you guys had food and was just running. And like, oh, water food. To get to you. you know what else I remember I'm about getting this? off the train. <laughs> one thing... like, I, love, I like sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I remember distinctly about this fishing trip was this is the fishing trip that dad, my dad got really mad at me because I outfished him. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> it was just your dad. He was pissed. He was coming to steal your fish in the night. Yeah. He's like, those are mine. <laughs> I think that's about all we have for individual Bigfoot stories here in Oklahoma. There are tons of them. And Ada, Oklahoma seems to be the headquarters for a lot of the Bigfoot hunters. They tend to meet in Ada, Oklahoma, which is where Chad went to college. Um, We spent a lot of uh, weekends going Bigfoot hunting with some friends just because there was nothing else to do in that town. But... Is that is that the way you plug Chad's education? Because he feels inferior to Dave at this point. <laughs> oh, he, I, wants, I, I, uh, he dropped out. I didn't. I didn't finish. <laughs> ping, I didn't even come close to finishing. Ping pong was his downfall. <laughs> yeah, is, is I played a lot of ping pong <laughs> and uh, bigfoot hunts. Yeah, that, that was my college experience. I don't remember what class it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are those are pretty good. I like the personal story. I thought those those are pretty good. So, what do you have? Is far as Oklahoma, or Oklahoma, you don't have Oklahoma stories. You have California stories. I think the I fear might be Oklahoma getting stories. Me. They're all the same thing. <laughs> yeah, we have some California stories, but I, uh, before we get to them, I have some surprise questions for you guys, and then we'll jump into the California ones. Okay. You guys ready? I, I hope so. Yes. Okay, you got your beers in hand? I do. Okay. Um, question number one. What are we more likely to see in our lifetimes, the actual discovery of Bigfoot or the discovery of Loch Ness Monster? I'd say Bigfoot. Yeah, I would say Bigfoot. Ooh, Bigfoot. I, I really want to say Loch Ness, but Bigfoot. Okay. Chad, I, I agree? I, yeah, I, I said Bigfoot. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, Bigfoot okay. as well. I mean, Jason, I guess you can answer if you want, but these are more for them. Um, moving on. What are we more likely to see? The discovery of Bigfoot or someone who isn't a crazy white, possibly serial, serial killer type searching for Bigfoot? <laughs> The second one. Yeah, the later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? I, I didn't see a single minority or someone that I didn't think was going to kill me in any of the Bigfoot research videos. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I did find out while <clears throat> doing this research that Jose Consueco, the baseball player, actually host Bigfoot trips. Uh, hunting trips. Canseco, yes. Oh, no, I, I, I did no. see that too. He called, charged right. 5000 per head 
and he Holy takes people no. on Bigfoot okay. hunts. So wow. Unbelievably, That's I came across that resource too, but he previously did something else. I forget what it was. It might have been Loch Ness Monster. And the people showed up at his house and he wasn't even there. And his <laughs> wife like let them in and they just hung out in the house. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I, I didn't know you guys were coming. Yeah, you guys are nuts. All right, um, next question. On average, most Bigfoot footprints have measured over 17 inches in length. What does that tell you about other parts of his body? <laughs> he his wears, he's got huge, huge, huge socks. <laughs> I went with the radar version of that. <laughs> yeah. Eli? <laughs> about guys with big feet, big toenails. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, next question. Who is a bigger penis, Bigfoot or Shaquille O'Neal? Did I see penis? I meant, no, that was what I meant. <laughs> hmm. Well, they're about the same size, aren't they? I don't know. I've not seen either. So <laughs> I haven't seen Shaquille O'Neal or Bigfoot's penis. So um, I mean, about their stature. Say so neither have I had the desire to see either. So his wife looks like. I mean, honestly, like. How is she still alive? Bigfoot's wife? Shaquille <laughs> <laughs> O'Neal's wife. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> um, I don't know. Finally. I'm going to say Shaq. Okay. I, I'm going to take a scientific approach, and I'm going to look at, think of the other primates. And I'm going to say Shaq is probably bigger, too. I'm pretty sure that from, like, the National Geographic videos and things like that, gorillas aren't really well hung, so... I'm just oh, going to go with that. Uh, you've noticed. <laughs> yeah, I've, well, I've never looked. <laughs> now hyenas on the other fact. You catch the breast, I catch the penis. <laughs> well, at least you're staying in there. That's why you know. guys are a great team. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I tell you in the beginning that you guys each have a particular role on the show? And I was absolutely right. I, I absolutely don't know what my role is. I just... <laughs> you're I you're the new anymore. one, so oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we're still trying to figure that out. I, I just exist. All right, next question. Which of the following is a Bigfoot theorist most likely to determine with absolute 100% certainty of proof that Bigfoot exists? A, brush scattered. B, pile of leaves on the ground. C, a tree fully rooted in the ground with no evidence of markings. D, the wind blowing. E, all of the above. All of the above. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That is correct. <laughs> Next question. What is the best gift you can get a Bigfoot video enthusiast? A 1960s video camera. A beta. <laughs> beta camera. The answer is nausea medicine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. What children's game would Bigfoot be best at? A, Twister, B, Parcheesi, or C, Hide and Seek? Hide and Seek. He's the Hide and Seek world champion. That's true. Good job, everyone. No, I think Osama's got that one. Chad, three oh. points. <laughs> you won. Woo! I win! I win! Okay. That's the first time I've won anything. <laughs> and then after that, Jason has some uh, great little side notes, too. Right, Jason? You know it. Can you tease what you have coming up? Um, we're going to go with... it's. Well, I'll just say this. It's a top five. Ooh. Okay. All right. I'm going to run through the California sightings. A uh, little quick fire here. So just a quick summary... Obviously, this is a pretty large state. I'm not trying to brag here, but uh, there's lots to cover. It's huge. Huge. Uh, Sightings are mostly, though, in the northern half, uh, most extremely north counties like Humboldt. The Bigfoot loves weed, let's be honest. Del Norte, uh, Shasta, Lassen, and then Sierra Mountains 
you know, Yosemite, Mammoth Lakes, etc. So um, they all have less terrain, large tree cover. Um, and this history goes back a while. So there's reports of ape-like behemoths that have circulated for generations. Native American lore included mention of a race of hairy Sasquatches. And California settlers also talked about this as far back as the 1880s. Um, 1887, the first known sighting that I could find in California, Jack Dover is his name. In January of 1887, Del Norte, Del Norte County, um, he, he, uh, there's a record of a falling article in a magazine which they then called a, or sorry, newspaper then called a wild man in the area between Marble Mountain, which is the area that Jason talked about, and Happy Camp. Um, the experienced Mr. Jack Dover is considered an upstanding and trustworthy individual. This article said, um, "How credible the source was that believed that Jack Dover was a credible source, we don't know. You guys are obviously familiar with Jack Dover's brother Ben, Ben Dover." <laughs> You know, no, but I knew his cousin, Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll edit in some drums there. Um, so anyways, that was the first one. Um, he was hunting. He saw a man that was seven feet high, long ears, hairy. Um, I don't know. Might have been a raccoon. We don't know. But that was the first known recorded evidence in California. Then we fast forward to 1958 in Willow Creek, which is near... Bluff Creek, which is uh, where the famous sighting with Patterson, the Patterson sighting occurred. Um, this was the one that Dave was talking about before, historically, where um, there's actually a gentleman by the name of Jerry Crew. He was a tractor operator, of all things. He was working in the remote uh, wilderness of Northern California, Six Rivers National Forest. He spotted giant footprints in the mud, 16 inches long, um, and then he informed the Humboldt Times, who then coined the term Bigfoot, and that's where Bigfoot started. So, that was the history of the moniker Bigfoot that started there. And then, of course, you know, about a decade later, you had the infamous Patterson-Giblin film in the same area. So everything else that I have in California, fast forward, it's more modern day. There was something in 2017 in an area called Avocado Lake where there was a picture of a bipedal um, uh, species of some kind running near a lake. So, um, And that picture is fairly clear. I mean... Like everything else, it looks like it could be real, but you just don't have the evidence to research further. There's also another video on YouTube now that you can look up. It's called Quadcopter Catches Bigfoot Sighting in Northern California. This is like some individual that's filming his own house, and he goes into – it's in Roseville, California, up near Sacramento. He takes a drone up and then is basically filming his house, but then goes into the backyard, and you see like a bipedal creature walking – in the back of you know back of his yard but like further on into the forest and it's either bigfoot or it's a hoax so um it's one of those things so that was recent i think that was in recent years and that's that's all i have for california unless jason has some other ones but i think there's a lot of predominant california sightings uh, which we i think a couple of we've already covered the quadcopter one but then there's also just like numerous accounts. I think if you go and look at some of these videos, what's more intriguing is that people who are commenting on the video, and there's a lot of obviously argument that goes back and forth as to whether it's genuine or hoax, but a lot of them are saying, no, I think it's real. And because I was camping out Lake Shasta and, uh, you know, with my family, and we came across something that we couldn't explain and that we were totally frightened by. Like there's a, I mean, I think there's tenfold the number of people that are commenting with just a, 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 a glimmer of 
their experience, you know, noticing Bigfoot. And again, it goes back to a lot of previous shows that we did where, you know, what motivates somebody to do that? Why are they coming forward to say, no, 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 no I saw it too. Is that more of yeah, them exactly. just uh, trying to make the person not feel crazy? Or make them feel like what they, if it was a hoax, make them feel like they did a good job? Because there's a lot of that on the internet. What, what sucks about the community <clears throat> in general is that you do have those people who, who you have those people out there with, with Bigfoot that will fabricate scenes. And it's not just one, two, three, four, five. There's like hundreds of them that have been fabricated, whether they be like stories without actual video evidence or photo evidence, or you have stories that have photo evidence or video evidence where they, they don't look, they're, they're, not, they're not real at all. So like you have people who actually have those sightings happen. They're not taken serious because all this other stuff has happened to where, I mean, they have no, they have no credibility whatsoever. So you do have a lot of people that, that come in with, um, stories and it does, I mean, it does make you feel like it's, I mean, it'd make anybody feel like, wow, this person's already been through the same experience. I mean, hell yeah. You know? So it could be said probably for like UFO sightings, right? I mean, yeah, it's... UFO sightings, ghosts. I mean, it could be said for almost anything. Well, I think we should jump into just to get out of the uh, trying to prove this possibly true into the five most asinine sightings ever recorded. Nice. Yeah, right. This is, Jason, this is my favorite part. Yeah. So let's let's talk about. We've talked about some credible sightings. We talked about some things that maybe pose enough evidence for people to believe in that. And then we, you know, we've also countered that. But uh, let's take a moment, shall we, to consider the top five most ridiculous claims or sightings. And I think everyone will agree when you take a look at these. I sent them over to our our podcast hosts earlier uh, to take a look as, as well. So let's start with number five. Russian man stalks Sasquatch. This occurred in February 2018, supposedly, near Severodinsk, Russia. I think I'm saying that correctly. Severodinsk, Russia. Uh, in which a man is noted to walk calmly behind Bigfoot about 100 feet back, and he's taping it. Now, mind you, this occurrence is supposed to have occurred in 2000. 18 folks 18 so i mean the the camera on my phone is fucking amazing i don't know about yours but if you have a galaxy of any sort your phone is pretty incredible and yet still again we're not able to see or make out the figure because of the blur <laughs> he still got that flip phone mm-hmm. <laughs> he on that razor swag He's got that Nokia. That's like he's busting out that Nokia Like the plastic on his phone when he got it, you know, like your parents do. (laughs) They keep it on there. Like when they buy a new couch, they just keep the plastic on it. That's that's what it looks like when you watch it. Well, he's walking behind him, and you can, and it's in the snow, of course. I mean, it looks like it's off the side of a parking lot um, somewhere in the outer suburbs of, I don't know, Russia. Mother Russia. Uh, (laughs) Mother Russia. And uh, he's like talking to his friend, like fucking. You know, uh, it, look, it's I can only imagine it's in Russian, of course, but I can only imagine he's saying, look, what is that <laughs> large, hairy beast with swinging breasts? Let's follow. It. <laughs> I bet they're going for to have a good time. I'm going to. Right. It's fucking ridiculous, folks. That's the point of this list. So that's number five. So it only gets worse from here. Um, number four, Australia. 
Queensland, uh, March of 2018, a hiker takes a suspicious photo of an ancient massacre site having to do with uh, Aboriginal, you know, ancient artifacts. And he swears that he has seen what they call the elusive Yowie. Uh, yeah, apparently, Yowie is uh, the Bigfoot in Australia. So in his case, I sent you some photos. Can you guys see those? He's like on the top of a big rock. Supposedly. But they, if, if you were looking at the main photo, right, Steve, you, you can't really see anything until they put the little red circle pen around it. Yeah, and then he gets bigger. All of a sudden, right? Like, it's just a, it, it seems pretty fucking stupid to me. It's really just shapes of tree branches and shadows. I mean, maybe he's just bad at Photoshop and he, he really saw a Bigfoot. He's trying his best to make us see it. Because if you look at the small one, you can actually make out something there. Well, there's something that we do subconsciously, and you see a lot of this in, um, oh, paranormal investigations of haunted locations. And our brains take an image, and we make it out to be something that it's not. You know, we, we it tries to make sense of it. It's called matrixing. Yeah, matrixing. And... I almost feel like that may be what that is, where your brain, it, there's an image of something, and your brain's just making it look kind of human-like, just because that's the only thing that it can make sense of. That's crazy. It's it's kind of the reason we see, like, faces in the clouds, or, or like, animals in, in the clouds, or... You go with, your brain goes with familiarity. <laughs> you guys see that, too? Oh, <laughs> I thought it was just me. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, yeah, it's poor Photoshop. It's either a matrix of some sort or it's poor Photoshop. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty horrible. Uh, in any case, they were they thought it was enough so to like publish it in a local paper and, you know, put it I don't know, that's a pretty boring town it sounds like. So <laughs> some guy takes a picture of a shadow in the forest and calls it Bigfoot and they're going to just publish that. So that was number 4. All right. Any closing thoughts on that one? Yeah. I can't wait for number 3. No, me either. No, number three is probably my favorite, to be honest, because this one, this is closer to where you guys are. Miniature Bigfoot spotted in a Tennessee cave. Yeah, you heard me right. It's a small foot. <laughs> nice. So a chimpanzee ex- ex- escaped the zoo, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, a fucking huge thing compared to this one. So this is there's a video on YouTube. Um, look for miniature Bigfoot in Tennessee. Um, the local uh, wife there, while exploring the cave with her husband, came upon a strange animal, and it was attached to the cave wall. The witnesses likened it to a smaller version of Bigfoot, but it's about as big as like a. Uh, do you remember the the what's the stretchy uh, uh, toy that we had when we were kids? Gumby. Stretch Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> it's about as big as a Stretch Armstrong, and it's stuck to the cave side where the guy's climbing up on a ladder. I mean, honestly, <laughs> did he not just put green on the rock wall and then climb down the ladder? <laughs> well, you know, some people need to make the excitement, and so they make miniature Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, I guess folks are bored out in Tennessee, huh? I mean, what? I mean, I've never been to Tennessee, but I hear it's nice. Yeah. If anyone's listening in Tennessee, um, well, I guess we've lost the listeners there. <laughs> well, I'm going to say that there's not a hell of a lot going on in Oklahoma, so 
I could see somebody in Oklahoma doing the same thing just to get the notoriety and be like, hey, look, I'm on a website. <laughs> Amy, well, good, good cover there. Good cover. <laughs> nice check out, it's an actual news story. So that one's pretty incredible. Are we ready for number two? Let's go for it. Ready. All right. This one, unlike, this is actually, this is the unicorn of Bigfoot sightings. This is the notable white Bigfoot. So if you go to YouTube and you and you find this, or actually, I think I sent you a link. There's a story that was published by a website called Stranger Dimensions. In this case, the man walks around the forest aimlessly for eight minutes of the video, claiming to have found white Bigfoot. And in this case, it's a, it's your classic Bigfoot shape, but he's in all white. This um, is like the, the KKK of Bigfoot sightings. <laughs> he's like a man in a suit, basically. No suit, but uh, the the joke of it is, is the man's rummaging around for eight minutes on his video, and uh, he's explaining to his co-art, whoever's with him, how he saw Bigfoot here. And the man says, "Well, when did you see him?" And he says, "It was about a week ago." And then, Rectum. and then credits. <laughs> These are the jokes. Folks. This thing on rectum, damn near killed him. Exactly. Uh, let me get back to the list here. Can I get a drum roll for number one? I'm going to do that on this. I'm, I'm tapping it. <laughs> That's not what it sounds like to me. <laughs> fat, 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 sorry, fat, I was fat. masturbating. This one takes the cake, and this is why it's number one for me. Because it is based, it's in California, mind you. So this is one of our California sightings. Um, this one takes place by a one Claudia Ackley, who claims that she and her daughters witnessed a Sasquatch while hiking near Lake Arrowhead in California. However, after reporting the sighting to local authorities, she was dismayed to find that they didn't believe her, stating that it was likely to bear. The unwillingness of local authorities to believe Ackley, she filed a formal lawsuit against California in order to draw more attention to the fact that People are seeing Bigfoot, and that it's a real concern. So she decided to sue the state in order to draw more more awareness of Bigfoot sightings. That's uh, that's expensive PR right there. She uh, ultimately lost. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> but she spent a great deal of money in, in in suing that her and her daughters had suffered punitive damages by witnessing Bigfoot and not being taken serious. <laughs> What's interesting about that is there are some Bigfoot crossing signs that I have seen on the web, and then there's also some down in southeastern Oklahoma. And my thought was, are those there just as like a publicity thing, or is like the state really concerned about the fact that somebody could accidentally hit a Bigfoot and then sue them because there was no road marker? <laughs> and apparently... You can. You can sue the state if you hit a Bigfoot. <laughs> they needed to have a Bigfoot whistle on their car? <laughs> um, we, we have uh, deer signs as well for that same reason. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, totally same thing. And, and out in California, I hear that there's signs warning you about people crossing highways and things, isn't there? There is, yeah. Okay. Is correct. <laughs> yeah. There's, I, I used to live in San Diego, and I would drive up to Northern California to visit friends and what have you. And if you drive from San Diego to Northern California, you'll notice many signs of illegal immigrants crossing the uh, highway. 
that and you have to check your fruit in. Nice. Yeah, but the sign the signs are the signs perceived at the baby. There's like a a man, woman, and baby, and the baby is like literally up in the air, holding the hand of the mom, like it's flying in the air. <laughs> so it's a going through the wind. It's so it's been hit by the car already. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Oh my goodness. That's literally the sign. It's literally an illegal <laughs> alien, guys. Come on. It's not like they're not like peacefully walking across. It's like. Clearly, they're in jazz. They're going quick. <laughs> it's a hurry. Well, Jason, I just want to say that was an amazing top five. Can I like get it. A clap? Yeah, very good. And next, you guys have some other sightings from around the world, correct? Now, the first notable recorded evidence regarding the Yeti came in 1925. When the Greek... Wait, we're on Yetis now? <laughs> yeah, Same w- thing. When the Greek photographer <laughs> N.A. Tambazi part of a British geological expedition saw a creature moving at a high altitude. Reports then began pouring in, with many people reporting large footprints in the snow. Even the first Mount Everest conquerors, Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay, came across such footprints on their expedition. Some of the most intriguing evidence was the set of photographs taken in 1951 by British mountaineers Eric Shipton and Michael Ward. They show giant footprints approximately 13 inches wide and 18 inches long. Okay, now in Scottish folklore, the Firlia, or the Grey Man, is the name of a creature which is said to haunt the summit and passes of Ben Macdu in the Cangorums, uh, which is the second highest peak in Scotland. Now the Firlia is described as being three meters in height, which is 9.8 feet, with very long arms and legs, an ape-like head, and covered in short hair, sometimes compared to the Yeti of the Himalayas or the Bigfoot of North America. However, the Firlia is believed not to be a creature of flesh and bone, but an elemental protective spirit. So it takes it to the more of an, a, a nature spirit yeah, versus an actual creature. Absolutely. Which is actually a lot of the Native American folklore, too. Yeah. Of the, yeah. And, uh, the Irish folklore, for that matter, fairy rings and forest creatures and what have you. There was actually another podcast that I was listening to today, and they referred to Bigfoot as like the Lorax, like the giant Lorax of... Uh, the forest. One that protects the trees. Yeah. Yeah. He's there. He's there to guard the forest and protect the forest, and so that's why. Why not? Everybody sees him. He's just kind of there, and if he wants to show himself, he can. But that's like the interdimensional Bigfoot, right? Yeah. Which I from mean, the skit, mind you. <laughs> yeah. When we start inviting Bigfoot is not the first one that strikes me as interdimensional. Who else does? I mean, is he is he supposed to be like a Wookiee? <laughs> <laughs> well, Native American uh, folklore, though, they say that Bigfoot is like a spiritual being that can transfer between worlds. Yeah, yeah but they also believe in star people. <laughs> well, they also can't handle their alcohol. So, <laughs> apparently, we Drunk can't her. either. <laughs> <laughs> Do we? Is Eli still there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, <there> <laughs> I haven't gone anywhere. I'm just—he's okay. just halfway asleep, absorbing everything. 
He's making a lot of head movements, nods and what have yous. You don't hear the rattle? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the theories as well, is that Bigfoot is more of a spectral being, though. I mean, are we ready to move on to other theories? Or I actually have some information here about even like the sustain- sustainability of a creature the size of Bigfoot. Um, yeah, I think we should do that. Okay. I think we wanted to talk about like uh, how he could or could not exist, right? Exactly. <clears throat> you know, you think of a creature the size of Bigfoot and you're thinking he needs a lot of food. But think of us as humans. I mean, we eat, what, three meals a day. We might graze randomly throughout the day. Well, Bigfoot's food sources are going to be berries and nuts, um, grub. I've heard grubs mentioned. Other animals such as deer, rabbits, fish. So I, I, I've always thought of Bigfoot as a vegetarian of sorts. I've always yeah. thought of him as a cannibal. A cannibal? Like like he eats people and stuff. I mean, like he eats meat, he eats whatever. He's like yeah. he's an omnivore. Yeah, an omnivore just eats whatever is available. Mm-hmm. Which for a creature that size, like bears, bears are omnivores. Bears are bears mm-hmm. will eat berries and things of that nature, but then they'll also eat meat when they can get it. And they'll also eat people. Yeah. But what if he doesn't eat at all? And that's why he doesn't shit. <laughs> Where you talk that Bigfoot doesn't shit. Holy shit. You're, you're moving on Bigfoot's to something Bigfoot's a big else. faster. <laughs> I'm talking Ooh. about if he's an actual mammal. <laughs> We're talking about what whether he's, he's a an, in, in, <laughs> <laughs> an interdim, interdimensional being right there. You know, just taking now, shits well, in, in timelines. Let's be honest for a second, though. Be. If you died in your house and nobody was there to find you, your fucking cat. Exactly. Well, yeah, your cat would eat you. Your dog would eat you. Your parrot would eat you if it was left out, I guess. But Yeah, your dog has a bit more loyalty. Like, they won't eat you in the first few days. They'll just wait until they <laughs> do, you ex- do you experiment with this? <laughs> yeah. It's, Jason you know, staked it's... his own death a few times to see what yeah. family members... It's Oddly fat. enough, his son ate him on day one. <laughs> no. Kicked at him. Cats just waiting for you to fucking go to sleep. Oh, They're yeah. going to eat your face. But with the Bigfoot sightings, also, they, they migrate, which would also make sense for food. When you're, especially when the ones that are in the northwestern part of the country, where it gets colder, they got to travel with the food when everything's hibernating and going dormant. Which would also make sense on why there are so many sightings towards the south in the winter months. It seems to be that we have more Bigfoot sightings in the winter than we do during the summer. Well, but we also have 120 degree days. So if I were Bigfoot and covered in fur, I wouldn't want to be outside. <laughs> well, well, how come they don't just hibernate like every other animal during the winter? I don't think there is a single species of primate that hibernates, though. If I'm wrong, listeners, let me know. But Well, I don't really well, know they... what the uh, winters are like in uh, their homeland. Well, what, what about the... Dave was talking before, there's creatures that have yet to be discovered. That we eat, like I think there's some fish or whatever that we determined that was alive during the Paleo- Paleolithic era or something like that. That we've someone caught off the coast of whatever. Yeah, the like he was talking about. There's new species discovered all the time. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, what there's... if that you know Gigantopithecus or whatever the hell it is? <laughs> what if they've been adapting and evolving this whole time, and uh, we just haven't discovered that species yet? Really, that's one of my my favorite theories is that 
Bigfoot is just a evolution of Gigantopithecus. And you're talking about they they've Show only off. <laughs> well yeah. they've only found uh, fossils of Gigantopithecus in Asia. Yeah, but, the jaw, the jaw. So yeah. I mean, we can't really. It's tough to like rest our more, our laurels on that, but yeah. But clearly, there's something there. At the same time, there was the land bridge, so they could have easily come over here. Native Americans seem to have embraced Bigfoot, at least from the research that I found. Where they respect Bigfoot, they call him like, you know, a brother spirit, things of that nature. So he fit well within the culture before, basically, before a white man came over. You know, he just lived in peace. And that's, the that's in- because the, he, he had great peyote and he used to hang out with the Indians. Personally, he was a good party person. Yeah. I don't know if any of that's true. <laughs> but what about this? Instead of Bigfoot being the evolution of another animal, why can't he be the devolution of something like the Neanderthal man? Very well could be. Damn. Boom. Dave hits us with knowledge again. Yeah. No, Dave hits us no, with it's just it's just theory. Yeah. Mind news. Dave freezes me sometimes. <laughs> I didn't even know what that word meant. I thought it was something about, like, Bigfoot becoming a Satan worshiper. <laughs> <laughs> now, he already said his education never stopped or never Dave's stopped. Dave's or Bigfoot's? <laughs> Dave. Probably a bit of both. <laughs> well, should we... Should we let, should we jump into sort of modern day? Like, um, I always find these topics fascinating because you always think about like, okay, ancient cultures and this happened, but like we're walking around wearing Apple watches and technology abound, but yet some of these things are still continuing on. So, wh- where are we at today as far as laws for Bigfoot and what are people doing like this moment? Well, I found in Washington State. They actually have a law that prohibits the slaughter of any bipedal primate. Um, in case Bigfoot actually ever is found, it would be against the law to kill him in Washington State. Um, in let's see, what else did I find? Now, in most states, can you you can't really take big game without having a specific license for it. Isn't that correct? Yeah, but if it's not in the books, then it's for game. Yeah. So, like in Oklahoma. If you spotted some creature, like, say, we don't have grizzly bears. It's not in our books to go grizzly hunting. Yeah. So, technically, you could go out and shoot a grizzly bear at any time in Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure the zoo would frown, frown upon that. <laughs> yeah. but, There's got to be some logic. If a grizzly I, happens to wander off into another state line, you can just shoot the crap out of I can see this passing in Oklahoma with no problem. Just chop their balls right off. Although, no in, in our law books, we it is against the, $10 the law. $10 fine. It is against the law in Oklahoma to whale on Wednesdays. Yep, you just, can't go whale hunting on Wednesdays. In just in case in you ever in Oklahoma and you want to go whaling, you can't. No, you do bring up a good point, though, because, yeah, you have to get a specific license to hunt black bear. But Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it's deep in the statures or something. Who knows? Yeah. Oklahoma's well, telling, pretty lax. I can lax. shoot as many chupacabra as I want. Yeah, chupacabra is free game around here. Oh, coyotes too, and boar. Yeah, boar. Yeah, boar is one that does. You can come and shoot as many pigs as you want to. Uh, mm-hmm. Neighbors might not like that. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> is so, that are because, you or, or like on a big a big problem? Like they're overpopulating. Yeah, boars are a really big problem here, and they get into the farmland and they start destroying the wheat fields and 
They're hanging out on street corners. They're selling crack. Exactly. They're fucking, fucking hobos. Exactly. <laughs> hobo boars. That's all Bigfoot really Why is. He's just a hobo boar. A hobo boar. <laughs> Conclusion, hobo boar. <laughs> 100% certainty. Why do you why do you guys think that um Bigfoot is such a like a big the lore of Bigfoot is so prevalent? Like pop culture has like put Bigfoot on a pedestal. Like wh- why why is that? I think it's people are just always looking for something unique, something different, something not maybe not real, but always looking for that something to gravitate towards, to look for that advent- sense of adventure. And I think Bigfoot's that thing, whereas, you know, if it's one of those, they just heard a story years ago about this large ape-like creature, and then that just, you know, they wanted that adventure to try to find something like that. And I think it sticks in everybody. I think everyone has that sense of adventure where they want to find something that hasn't been discovered. Bigfoot just seems to be one of the biggest things, biggest creatures that you could go find. So, Well, I think a lot of it, too, has to do with... Um, the hum- humanization that we've given Bigfoot, and we—I think a lot of people view Bigfoot as an extension of us. A lot of people look at him as the, like the missing link, yeah, between apes and humans. And I think people—I so. think people are always looking for that self-fulfillingness. And so, if we were able to find that missing link, and we we're just able to discover where we actually derived from, if it's the—if it is the missing link. I think we all have that desire to know where we came from. And oh, I think you're absolutely right. I, that's a great point because I, I don't know about you, but when John Lithgow punched Harry right in the face, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> when he's yelling at him to leave, go away, we don't want you. Yeah, horrible, horrible part. <laughs> Cry at that part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if... Bigfoot was to be discovered as true, it would split us to where we would refer to time as the time before we knew he was real and the time after, just like we do with pre-space flight, post-space flight. I think it would launch in a whole new era for humankind. Like, we're always looking for our purpose and our our history and our future. So you think Bigfoot ties into all that? I, I think we at least give him that persona. You know, it very well could be the Bigfoot's just another primate and has no correlation to us. You know, we share 99% of our DNA with it, like we do with chimpanzees, but it's still, we can't find any connection between it and us. But I think we hold on to that hope that that is what it it is, is it is part of us and part of our evolution. Part of us. (laughs) Part of us. And I I think that just sticks, that just says a lot about society because. A lot of people like to think that the world is far more mysterious and intriguing than it is at face value. Yeah. So it kind of gets into why do people want to believe? I know Dave had some uh, theories on, uh, e- 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 uh, what was the theory? The Starts egg- with a D. The egregores? Yes. All right. Okay. This be, yeah, be I, a good time to do that. Okay, I can launch into that. Um, okay. Do I need to be touching a Bible or something right now? Like, am I... Maybe like a cross. Like, <laughs> am I going to be burnt? Well, have you listened to our? Did you me? did you listen to our Tulpa episode? Uh, the what one? The Tulpas. I think it was actually called Thought Form Entities. The, the Valentine's one. No, the Thought Form Entities. Are they, oh, we the talking alien, about the, the alien one? I said, are we are we talking about the succubus thing? No, no, we're talking. About, 
Like Tulpas. Hey, get and- your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> tulpas and egregores are, in fact, yeah, you can make them into tulp. They're into succubuses and all that. But no, David, go ahead with the egregores, and we'll. All right. Um, hairy bipedal creatures have been reported since Roman times. The werewolf was such a creature, which was more of a phenomena associated with extreme violence. The hairy bipedal ape-like creature that has been come to be known as Yeti or the abominable snowman or Sasquatch, Bigfoot. Up until 1903, when the British invaded into Tibet on the young husband expedition to Tibet, only a handful of Westerners had been there. Now, could it be that the Yeti, another ape-man type creature, was created as some type of guardian creature to make the Himalayas more terrifying to pass for outsiders. Well, in our Madame Blavatsky episodes that we covered, we talked about the, the the Tibetan monks and how it was really hard to get to them. In that, they would create tulpas, which were thought form entities that they would use to protect them and all of that. And so, the yeah, if they created a thought form entity that was big and scary and it was all of their their gruffness and their And for the thought form entities they believe that the more energy put into them the they be, can become real. So with the Tibetan monks being able to use their meditation and push their energy into these thought form entities that they were able to create these ape like creatures to that the British would see when they were invading and be scared of and uh, oh, stuff it. like that. So, Okay, so then oh. w- when these reports were given out in 1925 from N.A. Tombazi, who saw the creature moving at the high altitude, right? It fuels the Yeti from Guardian Tolpa to Egregore. Now, an Egregore is defined as an autonomous psychic entity that is composed of and influencing the thoughts of a group of people. Okay, to break that down a little... Egregores can manifest in the forms of nations, corporations, and ideas. Concepts invented by the human mind. The more these ideas are caught upon or repeated or reinforced, the more powerful they grow. And the more likely they will become something beyond mere thought. Now, some examples of this is like corporations, brands, logos, urban legends, uh, the internet, um... Flags, cultures, patriotism, uh, spiritual or other group beliefs, um, paranormal entities and experiences, things like alien abductions, you know, can all be considered a result of a collective consciousness thought form. So, yeah, it's certainly interesting. When the concept of the Yeti was introduced to North America, what we got was an increase in sightings. According to some accounts throughout the 40s and 50s, when the U.S. population had UFO fever, which again is its own egregore, fueled by newspapers and things, hairy bipedal creatures from a few feet tall to eight feet tall were seen with UFO phenomena. Then when the Patterson-Gimlin film was introduced, Bigfoot encounters happened more in wilderness areas and were not paired with UFO phenomena anymore. And even descriptions of the creature were streamlined to include a uniform height, approximate weight, and hair pattern, similar to that shown in the film. Now, these sightings have all surged um, all the way into the late 2000s. 
but Bigfoot phenomena has decreased rapidly since 2010. So the question is, is it's a collective belief based upon people wanting to sort of fit in with the zeitgeist of the time of, of seeing things, or do we believe that we are, we all have these sort of beliefs and theories already ingrained inside of us, perhaps as a human collective or in if we talk about the simulation theory of humanity where we're pre-programmed to potentially believe in these things and then when it comes to the forefront it activates something inside our dna or program or whatever that's, that's and then i'm going to stop there kind of like the dave where you think <laughs> i'm going to say something but that's it well that's kind of what an egregore is in in a one way or another it's the collective conscious that produces the external entity, if that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely, it it creates the perception. Yeah, you know, people always say, "Oh, I I don't believe in this because I can't see it." You know, seeing is believing, but perception is is the easiest thing to trick. I mean, that's why that's why illusionists and magicians work. Do you believe what they're doing? Because you can see it. Your brain tricks you into thinking it's real. Exactly. So I like I like that explanation. I think that there's a lot of things that people will gravitate to believe in but that doesn't mean that the, the greater population is going to go along with that i mean take scientology for example yeah 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 or, or or any religion i mean everybody has their own set of truth but no no two truths are the same that's why you have so many different denominations of churches and that's why you have you know so many different belief systems out there and things of that nature so great point so what what if we dive into so we're obviously debating whether or not people are seeing Bigfoot, right? We can't I think we can all agree there. Mm-hmm. So what are they seeing? They're clearly seeing something. Let let's take let's take uh footprints aside because I, I feel like that's difficult to really discern what the hell that is. They're the people that are seeing actual physical somethings, what are they actually seeing? Um I know there's been uh, studies on hair samples that have come out from all over the world. And the one that I at least researched on, black and brown bear accounted for most of the samples. Others included like cows, horses, wolf, sheep, raccoon, etc. But everyone knows the difference between a fucking raccoon and a Bigfoot. <laughs> like, So what are people actually seeing? There is one account that I have seen or I read about and it was a dna sample blood sample that they got from a bed of nails this guy in alaska kept having something break into his cabin while he was gone and so he put like a bed of nails in front of his door to try to deter deter whatever it was and when he came back the cabin again had been ransacked but this time there were bloody footprints on this bed of nails And they took it in for DNA. And what little bit of DNA they were able to extract, they did come to the conclusion that it was some kind of primate. That's that that story right there is exactly the one that I think Chad told me, like he had done research on or something like that. And that is that is one of the things like if you can't get physical, like if you can't get physical proof or video proof or whatnot, like the the best way to get it is the the DNA or the hairs. And that 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 particular one in general is the one that was like okay. This is this is kind of 
If it's, I mean, it goes back to what Dave was saying, though, is like, you know, it's probably just an, something we haven't found yet. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But then that's one out of how many cases? There's, there's multiple, so. there's, there's multiple cases uh, that, that talk about um, one particular, there, there was one in Alaska uh, 10 years ago, but there was one particular deal that happened in, uh, it was like a little bit outside, it was still Juneau. Alaska, but it was outside of Juneau, Alaska, where there was a lot of, I wouldn't say like, there weren't disappearances, but there were like animal disappearances, and they couldn't figure out what was going on, and they didn't do the whole video deal, which that's what I would have done, because that was smarter, but there was, uh, how, how it explained it was there was a tree line, and in the tree line, there were branches obviously just knocked out of the way. Well, on these branches, there was hair follicles, and the same situation came up. It was a primate, but there was no, I there was there was no way to file it in, yeah, at all. So, I mean, so maybe people are seeing some form of unidentified primate. Oh yeah, I mean that 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 so is Big definitely Foot is actually a Bigfoot. A Bigfoot is actually a Bigfoot. <laughs> also, I mean, our minds like to play tricks on us. You see something out of the corner of your your eye, or. You see something at a distance, and you just can't tell what it is. I mean, for some of these sightings, it could very easily be a bear standing on its hind legs. And at such a distance, you can't make so sure sure what it is. Or like that uh, photo in the top five that literally was probably just trees and bushes. But your mind wants to make something of it because it looks humanoid. Your mind's going to try to make something fit that description. I think a lot could come to the uh, fact that we have that perception that when we get scared of something, your mind wants to figure out what you're scared of. And so when you have that sense of fear, your mind's looking for anything to identify it to. So it's going to make you so see that, things that you're not used to, you know, that aren't really there, or are just mis- misidentified. That's a great explanation. We, I think we, we did a show earlier where we we kind of touched on the dynamics of fear itself and how innate uh, like human instinct is to try to formulate whatever it is that they're fearing but the un the fact that it's unknown is what makes it scary what if what if bigfoot is just a a fucking bumbling oafish type of creature that just doesn't want to be seen and whenever he does come in contact with humans he tends to Schluff off into the forest, you know, or throw rocks from a distance because he's afraid of you. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think that the, the whole perception of what this is is a big, scary monster. I mean, it could very well just be a giant ape like creature that we just don't understand. I mean, there's whole regions of Canada, for example, that humans have never even set foot in because it's it's not habitable. You know what I mean? It's there's a lot of explanations out there for what I think people could be seeing, and it's the perception of the human mind that makes it scary or beastly, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Great show. Yeah. And I think that's what the premise of the whole skit was, was because maybe these Bigfoots just want to see a human. That's all they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all loops back to the skit. There are lots of humans out there that would love to just be like, hey, we're right here. Come look at us. <laughs> I'm the kind of person that when it comes to cryptids, I tend to believe until 
I'm shown some kind of evidence that it doesn't exist. And Bigfoot's one of those that I, I have, I've always kind of taken Bigfoot as just fact. And it wasn't until I was like, this was like growing up. It wasn't until I was older that I realized that it was actually considered a cryptid. And I don't know, like to me, it was just Bigfoot always existed. So you've you've a really sick grandpa. That's just, <laughs> you. That's just our that's our Oklahoma like, education. And then there's the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny and Bigfoot. They you all mean exist. Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> These things are all real, and they all happen. And <laughs> cryptids are just fun to believe in. I think too. I think that's another thing. Is it's just fun to think about it and the possibilities. I know we touched that when we went on. Um, we touched on that. We didn't touch that when we talked about uh, mm-hmm. the like my scout leader. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, when we talked about the Oklahoma Dogman, and we were talking about werewolves, and it was like, it'd be kind of cool if they actually existed. Yeah. It was funny you know? that episode. We pretty much came up with all like debunked every story that we read. But at the same time, we're all like, but we want them to be real, <laughs> so they're real, right? I think that's kind of the Bigfoot thing for a lot of people. For me, because in high school and even starting college, I was really into like zoology and animals and stuff like that. Always did a lot of research into endangered species, and, and I was looked into it as some of these creatures we could think go extinct, but are really their numbers are so low in such a vast world that we don't see them anymore. Well, touching and that's on- how I look into most cryptids is until I get proof that they're not real, I'm just going to believe they're a cryptid with a very low number in the population that you just can't find them. Well, on that, I mean, in just 2017, they discovered a whole new species of orangutan. Yeah. That's not a small creature. So if... Uh, small small as far as number of population, yes, but... I'm talking size-wise, but, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah size-wise, uh, that's a big creature. It's uh, 40, 4,900 pounds, this new creature. Not small at all. I mean, Mm-mm. so... No, I'm just kidding. Well, but, I'm just thinking that if, if creatures that crash. size can... I mean, we even found elephant. We found a... There was... In my research, I was looking for different animals we thought were extinct. There's a whole species of elephant that we thought were extinct that they discovered. Yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. Now, they're mm-hmm. pygmy elephants, but... Or pyg, pygmy elephants, but pygmy elephants are still big elephants. <laughs> so... Yeah, just, I mean, big mammals, small population. Yeah. You know? But it's certainly plausible. So I think we can, we can conclude that we can't say for sure that Bigfoot does not exist. Like 100%, right? No. No. We, no. we can probably say like 98.7% that he, the Bigfoot does not exist. But we can definitely not conclude that it does not exist because the evolution of mammals or even humans leads us to believe that perhaps there's a species of some kind that exists out there, whether it's an ape, which would be more likely, or a gorilla. You know, that that's certainly plausible that no. lives in North America. Allegedly, this whole continent of North America got populated by people crossing the landmass bridge between uh, Alaska and modern-day Korea and Russia, right? So, I mean, who is not to say that at that point, like a Gigantopithecus or anything like that didn't walk along with them? Yeah. Well, and North America is one of the only continents that I can think of that doesn't have some kind of ape or monkey primate, some kind of primate besides human. 
Yeah, even like lemurs yeah. or something. Yeah. That, that's strange, right? Exactly. Like I, in my research, I honestly say that. That was the most weird and intriguing piece of this is how how is that possible? Because South America, there's monkeys everywhere. Yeah. I've never even thought of that. Well, why, no do, why do we not? I mean, other than Planet of the Apes movies, which actually they uh, migrated to Mirror Woods, the Redwoods. I don't know if you guys saw Planet, the second yeah. Planet of the Apes, the recent ones. Yeah. Which leads me to believe, or, or leads me to conclude or loop back to one of my stories is a friend that I know used to dress up as Bigfoot and go to Mirror Woods and scare the tourists. Oh my goodness. That's a good way to get shot. Yeah. yeah. In Oklahoma yeah. it is for Absolutely. sure. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know about out there. Say in Oklahoma <laughs> you just walk through the woods you're going to get shot. Yeah. So Yeah. You don't even have to dress up. <laughs> oh yeah. But, the... but why is there not yeah, why is there not primates in North America? Yeah. So maybe Bigfoot is our primate. Maybe we have a primate and we just we tell people they're crazy when they see it. Awfully suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how long did the gorilla this... live there before it was discovered, you know? It was... It's a government cover-up, I tell you. <laughs> the greys have kept them underground for years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, we'll I don't know, this prairie bomb is, like, really, really messing me up. I'm finally <laughs> finishing it. <laughs> see, before we started talking, I was firing on eight cylinders. Now it's about two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> see, I have finished off both my prairie bomb and my wow. little something, and other than my lips being a little bit tingly, I'm not really feeling a whole lot. <laughs> Wait until you stand up, because you haven't done that yet. Yeah, I went to the bathroom. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> so I finished it my three like beers today, and I'm, I'm good right now. You just, like, don't know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, my first experience with 16 was, like, the Cardi 151. I just hit it, <laughs> I just hit it hard, guys. I hit it hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mountain gorillas were considered cryptid creatures, and they were called the monsters of the mountain, and they were discovered in 1902. I have that information. Interesting. So, no. So it's not implausible that we could discover new species. No, not at all. Especially now with, like, the invention of drones, because we can get to places that we could never get to by foot and even sneak up on creatures that would hear us coming from a mile away. And smell us and all that stuff. Yeah, those drones yeah. are still kind of loud. Oh. I mean, they're they're the they're for. <laughs> oh wait, Bigfoot can't hear shit. Gotcha. <laughs> Forgot about that. Damn it. Yeah, did you guys not hear Jason's uh, yeah. Tinder profile? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Jason. Sorry, I, I was I was paying attention. Remember, two and a half cylinders, no longer eight. Yeah, Nat Geo, they get a lot of good footage of like elephants and lions and all kinds of things using those drones. Now, you said earlier that the sightings have dropped down a lot since 2010. What's happened a lot since 2010? Smartphones. Nobody even looks up anymore. Well, it's not <laughs> just that. But, <laughs> to see Bigfoot. But, I mean, that's just that's just looking at BRFO's website. Yeah. People aren't reporting to their website anymore. They're reporting to Animal Planet because Animal Planet has all the television shows where Animal they'll Planet's actually pay you. send a production crew out and look around yeah. in your place and... You know, I th- I think that's more where the drop off in um, phenomena has occurred from the information BFRO is compiling. Yeah, are you, are think you guys worried about these uh, documentaries though, where these guys are going out into the wilderness where it's like pitch black? They're out in the middle of like Alaska or the Sierras. If there's Bigfoot out there, they're probably getting fucked up. 
if there's anything else that's normal, I mean, these guys, how are they not dead? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're I think, in the darkness. From, every time I watch one of these Bigfoot documentaries, I'm really going, see, these are just the lucky ones who actually made it back. Yeah. It's yeah. like, how many you know people go out to film and you know go like by themselves, like documentaries are... Where they go by themselves with you know their handheld cameras and then their little like you know right. GoPros and stuff. It's like how many people have actually gone out to do this and just you know were attacked by Bigfoot and never came back. Yeah. With how many disappearances there are in the world? I mean, you could think about it that way. As I, I always like when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this guy got lucky. <laughs> oh, he's in the wrong place because he 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 actually finished filming. It's not he, he didn't find it. People were missing out in the woods all the time, right? I mean, that's not that's not uncommon. Yeah, so I mean, uh, people wouldn't think twice if it was actually somebody you know, getting abducted or killed by a Bigfoot. There's yeah, another disappearance in the wilderness. Right. Well, it's like around here. Whenever people go missing and they don't even find any remains, they just say, "Oh, you know, boars probably got them. Boars eat the bones and everything." You know, boars equal Bigfoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah boars equal. What you're saying. Really clean, clean crews. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, well, while Bigfoot might not eat the bones, maybe he does something else with them. Maybe piercings in yeah. the river, nipple rings, yeah, buries them in the dirt, <laughs> yeah, That's nipple funny. clamps mostly, nipple clamps, cock rings. <laughs> Use the it's ribs like, for cock rings. Do my fetishes on these guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I do want to hey, bust I'm, a couple of myths that I that I hear people say about like how we've never found any bear skeletons ever. I hear that a lot on these Bigfoot shows. You know, oh, you never found a skeleton of a bear. You know, it's like, yeah, we find them all the time. In fact, just a couple of years ago, just, eh, what's this town out here? Like, uh, I can't remember. I was telling you about it, but not far from where we are. Somebody actually called the police because they found what looked like a human arm bone. But it wound up being a, a bear's arm because they have the double oh. bone just like we do. And, the, and then the the shoulder bone is a singular one. And I just figured I'd throw that out there because people are always claiming that, you know, we never find bones of these big mammals. Yeah. Well, one of my big things with people saying, you know, you think you'd see them more often, things like that. We know we have a cougar population here in central Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you meant like mountain lion cougars. Mountain lion oh. cougars. Yeah. Pumas. Oh, shit. You know. Chad, it's more than three, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> cougars, yes. <laughs> Our father lived on. Use dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> he was babysitting a lot. Chad and I, our dad lived on um, some rural lands. Uh, south of Norman, and he had a cougar that would stalk his property, and mm-hmm. occasionally. Let's see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, a mountain lion that would stalk his. I can't call him a mountain lion. There's no mountains around him, oh. but <laughs> a mountain lion that would stalk his property. A hill lion. And you would find the paw prints. Animals would go missing. You'd hear it, but we never once saw it. But we had the footprints. We heard the ho- the. The growls, growls of it. We had uh, animals go missing, but we never once saw the cougar. Now Chad and my brother would sit out there and with the the shotguns waiting for him to come up. And never fought, found oh, it. Oh, we we got scared to have the death looking for one too. <laughs> you were out there. You were drinking prairie bombs out there. Like I was like sixteen, so you were drinking McCormick's vodka. Oh. But <laughs> makes sense. But yeah, we we sat out there until we heard it, and then realized it sounded like it was. 
probably 50 feet from us, and we couldn't see it. So we just took off running through the house. And I will admit, that is one of the experiences where my stepbrother threw the gun and ran inside. <laughs> see, and you said my video wasn't believable. <laughs> see, what sucks, though, is that that gun went off the wrong way. Y'all had, had some shit in your ass. They weren't even loaded. So. Are you fucking what? serious? We had, we had ammunition with us, but we had... Did you think we your, were... the, the cougar would see your guns and be like, oh, they have guns, I'm not going to mess no, no, with no, them? No, 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 well, no. What the cougar would have done was like, wait, 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 it's not loaded? Okay, I'll give you one, two... Okay, let's go. <laughs> but... One, it only takes half a second. We were 16, and we were getting drunk. Like, we were really thinking things through. <laughs> we had our heads on straight at this time. You're like, I really want to get my life together. Yeah. <laughs> now, it only takes about half a second to put a shell into a shotgun. If you're not drunk. If you're not drunk? Well, then it takes about one second. <laughs> <laughs> we had it all you know, ready. All we had to do was slide it in and... If, any, if anything, I'm more proud that it wasn't loaded with them being drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised we hadn't killed ourselves. So, Chad, I'm glad that you didn't kill yourself. <laughs> Me too. Eem. <laughs> With that said, um, <laughs> should we wrap this up? Yeah, we can go ahead and do that. You think we covered it well enough? I don't know. I think we did. I, I can I tell you this. I had an absolute blast. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. time. Definitely. That's skit, though. Totally. Thank you for having us on your show. <laughs> 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 no, Thanks for having really us on time. your show. Yeah. Well, um, all right. Well, I've I've had a great time. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show, and you're welcome for having us on your show. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been great. Definitely. And we should do it again sometime down the road. We should. This has been by far the most fun podcast. Sorry, Jason. It's been the most fun podcast that we've done. <laughs> well, we like that you know have re- actual you know knowledge and research in our podcast, but it's more about having fun. Exactly. So yeah, it is. That's that's yeah. that's the key. Yeah, because if we didn't have fun doing it, it'd just be another job, and we'd be like, Ugh. Can you imagine if we had him help out with the Madame Blavatsky? And him write us out a skit like this <laughs> for the interactions. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I would have had him in stone I, just to do that. <laughs> I, I do skits for hire, by the way. I'm nice, joking. nice. We might totally, we might totally hire you later on down the road. Well, guys, it was really fun. It was fun. It Thank was you very blast. much. Yeah, Thank you. Fun. And that's gonna do it for Bigfoot with Grognostics. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we've enjoyed, re- or this, these episodes as much as we've enjoyed recording them. It's been a lot of fun. We really appreciate Grognostics for do- doing this with us. Um, thank you for listening to this episode, and be sure to go on to wherever you get your podcast from and rate and review us. We appreciate all of the re- the, the reviews. It's awesome to hear from our fans. Please go on and rate and review Grognostics. Listen to their podcast. They're awesome as well. We appreciate everything they did with us. This was been this has been great. Uh, you can like us, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UMP Normalcy. You can always email us at umpnormalcy at gmail.com. Uh, check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash umpnormalcy. And until next time. Keep digging.